0: Sue so, why aren't you just doing the show from the pool? That would be much more fun.
1: In the pool with my bathing suit on?
0: Well, I, you know, it might be good for donations.
1: Oh, I don't know. I think it'd scare people away, <laughs> despite the weight loss.
2: <laughs> I don't just know, Harris, what water. do you think? Just making, making the audience jealous down in Florida, it looks like.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it certainly does that. All right, let's get this started. Welcome to Off the Record. This is True North's newest show where we all uh, shed our inhibitions and pretenses and let loose, cut loose, let loose. We we both cut and let loose on the stories of the week, some of which we've talked about on our show and have reported on, but we do it in a more casual and informal way. And we have uh, tried to have anyway, some fun in the process. Uh, We've had great feedback on this so far. So hopefully we'll get to, some of your responses as the show progresses. Last time we forgot, and uh, this time I might forget too, because I just remembered now. So uh, we do eventually want to read your comments on this. Anyway, uh, joined by Harrison Faulkner, host of Ratioed and The Faulkner Show, and also Sue Ann Levy. Uh, Great to have you both on. How are the weeks? I'll start with you, Sue Ann, because your week will just make Harrison and I jealous because we're in Ontario Ontario weather right now.
1: It's been wonderful. Actually, the weather has improved tremendously after two months of... Pretty kakapuku poo weather, you know, clouds and rain. So, it's really nice to see. And I went to the beach yesterday.
0: Harrison, you didn't go to the beach yesterday, did you?
2: No, I'm afraid not. The uh, Cherry Beach down in Toronto wasn't. It th- th- doesn't sound as a, as a, as appealing as a Florida beach right now. <laughs> the week was the week was all right, but it was a little strange. Like we had some. We we passed a grim mark with the church burnings we had some very strange interactions with journalists we'll go through all that on the show but you know it was just another week in another week in trudeau's canada i guess
0: yeah, fair enough. Just, I, just on the, the beaches in Toronto, the very, very misleading. Because I used to work, uh, when I worked in radio, I worked at Chorus Key, which is on the waterfront. And I mm-hmm. was told, oh, you'll be right next to Sugar Beach. And I'm like, oh, a beach? that seems like a weird place for a beach. And then you look out the window, and it's just like this fake, like, I don't know, like 200 square feet of sand in between a sugar factory and a radio station. Like, this is not what a beach is. I want the the Suwan type of beach. But, but There are pink any of umbrellas it, on that beach, aren't there, Andrew? They're yeah, very- yeah. <laughs> You can put umbrellas up that doesn't make it like plus 30 degrees <laughs> and salt water. It's uh, like, I don't even know if you, I don't even know if you can go in the water there. I think it's like, just like a, an over, I just don't get it. I just don't get what sugar beach is supposed to be. That's it. If you're but from was- Alberta, you're like, what the hell are they talking about? So it was- uh, let, let's talk about something that can unite us all, which is the spectacle that is Pierre Polyev versus the media. Uh, this has become a dog bites man type of story. There are just so many instances of Pierre Polyev and journalists scrapping. The most recent one, I talked about it a bit on my show, was him with a Canadian press reporter on, well, just take a look.
3: Why did your, your, party, president why president did your party want
1: to grant over a hundred million dollars in regulatory relief to the mainstream media?
3: We don't want to give uh, any tax dollars to the mainstream media. We, our belief is that the mainstream media you and, your and decision,
0: all. Decision then? Uh, your party's decision uh, no. to grant regulatory yeah. relief.
3: So I'll, I'll answer your question. Uh, the media that is bought and paid for. Which? Where are you from, by the way? Which? Which outlet are you with? Which outlet? Which outlet?
0: Canadian Press. Ah,
3: okay, Canadian Press. So you're talking about tax dollars for media? Is isn't CBC right, your really biggest? No, gr- isn't no, I, I can answer? I asked regulatory Yeah, you want an party answer? Wants to answer? You want?
0: grant hundred million dollars in Sorry. regulatory relief to the mainstream media.
3: When would you like me to respond? Okay, good. Okay, great. So of course you are a tax-funded media outlet. And uh, spreading Justin Trudeau's message, why did you and and and, and so you're you're, you're, me we'll you're interrupting me again. Interrupting me again. I am answering the why question. You,
0: do you regret yeah, granting a hundred million dollars in regulatory relief to the mainstream media? Your question about. is
3: false. So if you can allow me to correct your falsehoods, then we can we can answer the question directly. So, false. Canadian conservatives do not believe in giving tax dollars. To media outlets. That's Justin, That's Justin Trudeau. That's Justin Trudeau. That's Justin Trudeau. Okay. If you if you don't want me to answer the question, I'll move on to someone else. You're you're a tax you're a tax funded mouthpiece to the P.M.O. That's the reality. So
0: the question answered. You the I'm trying to. to question. I'm
3: trying to. But you're heckling. Are you going to, Are you going to let me answer the question? Or are you just going to heckle on behalf of Justin Trudeau? Which is it? I would love the answer. Great. So our our party does not support tax dollars for media outlets because that's when we end up with biased media like you who come here and articulate the PMO talking points rather than uh, delivering uh, real news to the Canadian people. Justin Trudeau gave Bell Media and other media tax dollars supposedly to protect media jobs. And then what happened? They all got laid off. So that that the supposed justification for giving (laughs) giving Bell all this money was that it was going to save media jobs. Well, they all got fired. So I guess that wasn't the real reason for giving tax dollars to the media. The real reason was for him to buy support from the media, which is what it actually did. So we believe that media should be driven by readership, viewership, and listenership, and that's what allows it to to represent the Canadian people rather than taking marching orders from the PMO. (laughs) All right, on a scale of cringe
0: to stick it into my veins, where are you on those sorts of exchanges, Harrison?
2: I'm all for it at this point. I really am. I I have to say that the conservative base was crying out for someone to finally address the legacy media this way, and we've got it. Um, You know, not everybody is satisfied with Pierre Polyev so far, but I think it'd be tough for many conservatives in this country to say that they don't enjoy seeing the Canadian press and CBC get treated this way when they ask ridiculous questions like that. So I think, you know what, I'm all for it. I think it, it's it's well past time that some of the legacy media press in this country got a taste of their own medicine and were treated with the kind of respect that they themselves deserve, which is not a lot.
0: Yeah, Sue Ann, you've been a, a political candidate in the past. You've also been, uh, for, for much more of your life, a, a journalist. How do, you, uh, how do you look at those sorts of in- exchanges?
1: Delicious. They're absolutely delicious. Love them. I spent uh, 20 years at City Hall in Toronto and I was the uh, lone person out asking tough questions and I always got put down by the person I was asking the questions of, particularly the mayors. Um, And everybody else would laugh and find it quite funny and it's nice to see the shoe on the other foot. And the thing that really, really um, makes me happy and find it delicious is that pierre is so cool about it he doesn't get ruffled in the slightest he has a great technique and it's it's about time as harrison said that these people were called out because it i find it despicable
0: so you don't take the pascal saint ange view i i infer from your answer that this is an attack on democracy she she really said this take a look
2: I just want to get back uh, on the altercation between Pierre Poiliev yesterday and a journalist from Canadian Press. Uh, First of all, I want to say that he's pretty thin-skinned. It's our job when we're politicians to answer questions from journalists. We're accountable to the Canadian population and it's the journalist's job to ask those questions. Some questions are difficult, some questions are easy. Yesterday's question was pretty easy. Uh, He was just asked to explain why his party introduced an amendment to lift fees for uh, Canadian broadcasters. It's a pretty easy question. it's It's his party that brought that forward. So yes, when you're a politician, you need to answer questions. And when you're attacking the press, when you're attacking our free press, you're also attacking democracy, it's unworthy of a leader
0: now i i should just say i've never interviewed uh, minister saint ange my one attempt at doing so uh, was a couple of months ago she was leaving question period it was around the time that there was a, a big uh, kerfuffle about c18 and, and the facebook news ban and all of that and i i had one question And she got into the back of her limo so quickly and uh, passed me off to a staffer who said to text him, and I did, and I never heard a response. So this whole, oh, we are there to answer questions. Yeah, a load of crap. Uh, So Harrison, attack on democracy, what do you think? Well, it's a lot
2: easier to answer questions from the media when you pay them off to write soft articles about you. It's a whole different story when you're the opposition to the government that's stuffing the pockets of the media. You know, I should also say that Journalists and the politicians are supposed to have a combative relationship. They're not supposed to be patting each other on the back. They're not supposed to be you know, treating each other with kid gloves. A sign of a good democracy is when the journalists fight back against the politicians, and the politicians have a right to dish it back as good as they receive it. So again, this is just completely ridiculous. And one more thing, giving the money, giving them, giving media the taxpayer dollars is a lot different than lifting taxes on broadcasters. And anyone who pretends as though that's the same is obviously just trying to confuse the public and push political talking points.
0: Yeah, what's, what's your read on that, Sue Ann?
1: Well, I think, you know, she is a giant hypocrite. I mean, all we have to do is look at some of the uh, tape. I mean, the proof is in the pudding, Then the tape, of uh, Krista Freeland, for example, calling uh, security... Uh, and roughing up uh, one of our colleagues from uh, Rebel Media, Dave Menzies. I mean, Dave is a character and sometimes he asks for it, but in this case, he didn't. He asked a hard question. You know, it's, it's, it's really, really quite hypocritical to hear her talk that way because I don't know about you guys, but I was uh, muted, uh, banned on Twitter, uh, blocked, you name it, by politicians who didn't want to answer my hard questions so it's kind of rich to hear her talk that way
0: yeah and and also let's not forget justin trudeau is the guy who will you know say oh the globe and mail story is false the guy who bans media he doesn't like from being there so it's not even like they're living up to this lofty aspirational goal that they're setting out for others of oh we'll take all questions whether we like them or not
1: yeah they never do they -hmm. never do they they cherry pick. And most politicians do that. They cherry pick the ones that are from the friendly media. Uh, The amount of softballs that I, during my career, heard other media lob at various and sundry politicians was appalling. I mean, nobody ever really got, you know, many, many sides of the story or the hard side of the story. So, I mean, listening to her, the, the big difference, Harrison and Andrew, is that now we've got somebody who's actually fighting back and it's about
0: time. Yeah. yeah, and it, it flips the script, like the next election, because we're used to seeing the whole like deferential mm-hmm. thing that uh, Aaron mm-hmm. O'Toole and, and Andrew Scheer did. So uh, we will keep an eye out for that. Uh, this is a, a story that uh, really w- was quite shocking, and I, I want to get both of you to weigh in on this, uh, but let's play the video. And just to set the stage for it here, this is a very heated demonstration that was taking place outside a Richmond City Council meeting In British Columbia the discussion was about a proposed supervised injection site a a so-called safe uh, drive by my quote so I need to like bring in more a so-called safe injection site in Richmond which people in the suburban community clearly didn't like hence them coming out to be heard and be heard before City Council but then this happened
2: <educated> here,
0: you know,
2: so you
0: know, to I
1: live here food. Food.
0: my whole life. I
2: I life.
0: I've lived here my whole life. Go back where you came from. You're not a Canadian. This is what this uh, nice white BC progressive woman is yelling at this Chinese man uh, concerned about his community. Now, when did go back where you came from become a progressive slur? Because I was always told this was what, you know, the evil scary right wingers say, not uh, the nice virtuous lefties. Yeah, well, we heard that from the from the people who are protesting the Freedom Convoy
2: as well, mm-hmm. weren't, didn't we? It is becoming one of those new progressive slurs against those who they disagree with, how the tables turn, I guess. But I, notice what that woman says there. You know, this is not Canada. Apparently, she thinks Canada is supposed to be a country where every city is infested with drug addicts and with the destruction that comes with it. I, I guess that's what she wants for Canada and anyone... Who disagrees with that must go back to where they come from. Well, I am come from Canada and I don't want to see my city, although it already has been in Toronto, turned into a drug infested wasteland. But it's just completely ridiculous. But again, what you're seeing is sort of the, the crumbling of, of the left here, uh, falling into the traps that they set for their opponents.
0: Yeah. And I mean, look, I, I don't know this man who was in that. And I, I feel bad he was subjected to that. But oftentimes, oh, sure. I've always said immigrants have a, a much more idealized version of what Canada is and should be than many people who were born here because they chose to be here. They chose to come here. And this guy then sees people overrunning his community with uh, these policies, which are magnets for crime. You've covered these sites, Suzanne. Like, so who who is more Canadian? The, the Asian man that says, I don't want this in my neighborhood or mm-hmm the progressive woman screaming at him?
1: Well, obviously the Asian men, um, you know, all they have to do are these people is walk to uh, east uh, in Vancouver, the east uh, side of town, downtown Vancouver, and see what a safe injection site has produced. I mean, it's a a drug addict wasteland. Uh, I was there last year and uh, it actually made me physically ill to see the way these people are living and allowed to live on the street, you know, uh, in their fentanyl poses, in you know, in their uh, urine ur- on their urine-soaked so- sidewalks. I mean, I've said this repeatedly, and and then it came to Toronto, and people are seeing what how these sites destroy communities. And frankly, I've been against them for over ten years, maybe fifteen, uh, when Vancouver first started. But frankly, uh, they don't help drug addicts; they just enable their drug addictions and. All the arguments that were used initially to bring them in, I don't think hold muster anymore because there's still opium opioid deaths uh, and they they can't argue that these things are helping at all. All they're doing is destroying the fabrics of communities. Go to downtown Toronto and you'll see drug addicts lying on the street.
0: Well, again, that's the thing here. I mean, when was insight in Vancouver, which was sort of the first one that has to be what, 15, 15 years ago now that that came up? And, yeah. and anyone can look at British Columbia and Vancouver specifically and, and see clearly none of this has helped. I mean, the situation has gotten exponentially worse. So at, at best, it's made no difference at all. And at worst, mm-hmm. it's inflamed this. But that's the part that's missing is that more of the same is not going to yield a different result. so uh, the fact that there was such anger in that video, I just is so insane, Harrison.
2: yeah, and the reality is it hasn't it hasn't worked at all. It is not saving yeah. lives. There is, these are These are political talking points, political dogma running up against a brick wall, which happens to be the truth. You know, British Columbia set the highest annual death toll for opioid overdoses just last year. And this, as you said, has been going on for years now. It's the leading cause of death in British Columbia for youth aged 10 to 18, opioid overdose. And now the BC government is considering providing safe fentanyl to children? I mean, anyone who thinks that this is saving lives as the, as the addictions and mental health minister at the federal level will constantly repeat, or as British Columbia officials themselves will repeat, is running ex- at extreme odds with the truth. And they're just, they have, they have their eyes shut. They don't, they don't want to address the fact that this is making life worse. It's ruining communities and it's ruining
1: lives. It's killing people. Yeah, and let's not forget the shooting last summer of that poor yeah. innocent woman mm-hmm. right near a safe injection site in Riverdale in Toronto. And people, the community was in an uproar and the people who run the site and the health minister, deputy minister, they were down like cavalier about the crime that is occurring around these sites, drug dealers know that they're a a target. I actually saw drug dealing in action because I've spent a lot of time outside some of these sites um, or around these sites. I mean, it's absurd that the progressives think that this is helping in any way. It's the best definition of insanity, frankly.
2: And I just wanna add one more thing as well. Take a look
1: in Toronto, if
2: you happen to live in Toronto, you will know that the works, the public health, uh, city mm-hmm. of Toronto Department is uh, is on Ryerson University campus, so students who pay to go to university have to walk past a safe injection site, a site where they give out where they give out uh, uh, all of these safe supply drugs as they're called. It's just constant destruction and havoc on campus. So the city thinks that, that thinks that that's appropriate. Uh, Suanne, you brought up the Parkdale shooting. Uh, there was a woman who who worked at that facility. Who is now been charged because she yeah. helped to try and get this, get the killer, the, the alleged killer, away from the police? I mean, it's astonishing. These are, as you said, Andrew, crime magnets, and for somebody, some activist to to be so racist and awful in front of that person who just wants to live in a community that is not infested with yeah. drugs says a lot.
0: Yeah, and I should say, of course, the activists won out in this case. The motion to uh, consider implementing this site uh, passed with a vote of 7 to 2. It was just two councillors who stood against it. Now, it's not a fait accompli just yet, but the way things are going, it it certainly seems like that is likely to be the uh, eventual outcome here. But uh, speaking of unhinged protesters, uh, let's talk about what happened at Mount Sinai Hospital. Again, this one is... I shouldn't even be surprised anymore. Like you think there are some sacred cows that remain in the context of political debate, but not when we are talking about the anti-Israel left. Take a look at this clip. I mean, 10 out of 10 on the climb, uh, 8 out of 10 on the rhythm of the chant, 0 out of 10 on everything else. Uh, Sue Ann, I'll, I'll just, you know, give you the floor on, on this one as our uh, Torontonian and also a Jewish woman who's uh, been on the front lines of, of this anti-Semitism stuff for years.
1: Yeah, you know, uh, Andrew and Harrison, this goes back to the fact that the police and the uh, Toronto Mayor Olivia Chow didn't handle this well right out of the gate. And they enabled these people and empowered them to continue their protests. Uh, The last I spoke with the police, there were, I guess this makes it about 495 protests uh, in Toronto by mostly the anti-Israel left radicals. I call them terrorists. Um, They are, their, their tactics are intimidating You know to strike a jewish hospital somehow they thought that related to gaza and what's going on the hospitals there although that is all propaganda because uh the idf never struck any hospitals as that Mm -hmm. has been proven but um they just um many of them are people who are just totally indoctrinated ignorant of the reality of what's going on um and they just get caught up in the in the the craziness, I mean, they just, they found a purpose. I follow all of them on social media and I follow the leaders and uh, somehow they think that these protests are going to help in some way. Uh, I think they're all mentally unstable, frankly. And um, I think that um, the police and they're now handling it much better, but you know, there were weeks and weeks like almost eight weeks of them not handling it well and this has just encouraged this, this craziness. More charges should be laid. I mean, the mm-hmm. person, when, when politicians give their platitudes and make their statements like Olivia Chow did and the others, like, you let this happen. I wanna say, you let this happen. So it's rather, again, I'm gonna use the word rich to be coming out and saying this. And, and Jews in my community are feeling very intimidated. To strike a Jewish hospital mm-hmm. is outrageous. Uh,
0: you you mentioned Olivia Chow. So she did eventually condemn this and mm-hmm. Justin Trudeau eventually did mm-hmm. as well and, and Doug Ford. And uh, so so they all eventually did, but it was notable how slow they were compared mm-hmm. to if there had been, you know, an attack on a mosque. And, and we've seen this happen, but uh, the way that the left responds to this. So Olivia Chow, who's been like a darling of the, the far left and the even farther left, for years uh olivia chow puts out her condemnation on twitter i won't read the whole david but nora real communism has never been tried loretto uh decides to sit, respond this way let's put up her uh post on x she says chow betrays everything it means to be progressive now uh, th- i leave that up though for a second because uh, olivia chow says a hospital is a sanctuary yesterday's actions were unacceptable targeting jewish institutions is anti-semitic and hate has no place in our city. So when Nora says this betrays everything she means to be, pro- everything it means to be progressive, she's saying the quiet part out loud, which is that what we saw in that video is what it means to be progressive, right, Harrison? Well, certainly it's a mask-off moment for Nora
2: Loretto and for I think a lot of people who agree with her to speak to the protester's mental instability, as Sue Ann noted. I can't think of a a, a worse way. To try and alienate Canadians from your cause, than to protest like this in front of a hospital that has nothing to do with what these people are protesting about. Now, I mm-hmm. think that there are some people who protest Israel who don't protest out of out of out of racism, and they have they have they have uh, they have things that they want they, they disagree with Israel on. But when you're protesting Mount Sinai Hospital to make this to make the claim that that is purely anti-israel pro-palestine and not anti-semitic i have a hard time believing that and you really can't good luck trying to sell that to the canadian public as well because i've seen these protests i've been inside of these protests i've interviewed these people when you speak to them they of course understand that they're trying to you know get their cause out to the public and they want people to join their cause but in that group mentality it seems that they lose all sense of reality and they're willing to push the boundaries all the way to blatant anti-semitism and of, and of course, the consequence of that is alienating Canadians from your cause, whatever, whatever, whatever kind of Canadians were, were still perhaps, uh, you know, willing to support these people because they're just showing themselves to not actually care that much about what's going on. They care more about trying to make a statement about Israel, which, of course, is a statement about Jews. So it's just
1: yeah. ridiculous. It, it's a deep-rooted, deep-rooted uh, Jew hatred, deep-rooted Jew hatred and... Uh... You know, it started with targeting uh, Café Landoir, Mm -hmm. Aroma, remember, uh, at the beginning um, and going in front of the Israeli consulate. Well, that's, you know, you could make a a sort of stretch it that that is related to Israel uh, more so. But to target Jewish businesses, Indigo, the people who were charged with Indigo, didn't think they did anything wrong, even though they engaged in civil disobedience, all these actions. We're not targeting Israel. They were targeting Jews. Let's make it, you know, pure and simple, frank statement. They were targeting Jews. When people write me on Twitter and say, you are a Zionist pig or you're an evil Zionist, they mean I'm an evil Jew. They're not talking about Israel. It has nothing to do with it and also yeah these- and i
0: think on that point i believe that anti-semitism and anti-israel sentiments can be distinct i, I believe they mm-hmm. can be but right. the venn diagram is a lot more like a circle than these people tend to admit and i i right. think that when push comes to shove The nuanced, reasoned, moderate, non-anti-Semitic critique of Israel is uh, basically as elusive as, you know, the Yeti in the wilderness of the Himalayas or something. Uh, Mm -hmm. Because nine times out of ten, it's just trying to put lipstick on a a very anti-Semitic pig.
1: Yeah, and and they they talk about, uh, you know, you're genocidal. You support genocide. This is the repeated comment I get. You're, you know, Zionist, they use the word Zionist, they use the word Hasbro. And like you say, they're trying to put lipstick on what is really deep-seated anti-Semitism.
2: And as well, these protesters will say this is about human rights. This is about protecting Muslims who are being killed by Israel. But these protesters don't care about the Uyghurs in China. They don't speak up about other Muslims who are being killed by other Muslim countries. They speak up when it has to do with Israel it's clear this has nothing to do with human rights because they have lots they have lots to protest about if it was really just about human rights it's not it's about israel and as sue Ann says it's something much worse much deeper
1: we we say in the jewish community if it's jews it's news
0: yeah yeah very very well said i, well, I when i was in israel uh, for the first time in, in 2011 I, I met an ap reporter there who said you know when and he spoke Hebrew as he was Jewish and that yeah. was how he got the yeah. job being posted there when he was quite young and he said like people at AP bureaus around the world are lucky if their stories ever get picked up where he said for him it was like if someone sneezes in Jerusalem he could write a story and it's going to get picked up everywhere right. so I think there's some some empirical evidence uh, behind what you just said there Sue Ann uh just to end things I mean I, I know it's a bit of a sour note as we head into the weekend here but uh, Harrison why don't you tell us what happened in Regina uh last weekend and, and more importantly what happened in Ottawa in the days following.
2: Yes, of course. Well, uh, as Canadians who've been following this story will know, Canada was rapidly approaching the grim 100 number of churches that have been targeted by arsonists and vandals uh, since 2021. We've now since passed that. We are now at 100 churches that have been targeted uh, in this country. And on Saturday, or on Friday midnight rather, the Blessed Sacrament Parish in Regina was targeted by an arsonist who was in, who was caught on camera dumping the contents of a jerry can onto the rear entrance of this 118-year-old Catholic church, the oldest Catholic church in Regina, lighting it on fire and running away. Uh, thank God the church was saved by firefighters. But this is we're now we're now at 100 churches, which is an awful thing to have happened in this country. It's a blight on uh, on the government and the state of our country itself. Now, here's where it gets even worse. You might think that condemning an attempted arson of a church might be the easiest thing to do. It might be the easiest, no-brainer thing to say, yes, I condemn the burning of a church. But according to the NDP and the Liberals, well, that was just not going to fly. Take a look at what happened when a Saskatchewan MP, Corey Tochore, I think I said his name right, he got up in the House of Commons on Monday and sought a unanimous consent motion to condemn the attempted arson at the Blessed Sacrament Parish. Take a look at this clip. The Honourable Member from Saskatchewan University, Saskatoon University. Yes, there, there was another attempted arson at a church on the weekend,
3: Mr. Speaker. And if you seek unanimous consent, I, you will find. I hear that there is no unanimous consent.
2: It being 320 the house will now proceed to the taking of deferred recorded division so no 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 unanimous consent to condemn the burning of that church they did it again however guys they the, the left in canada's parliament did it again when andrew sheer got up seeking the same motion they let him speak for a little bit longer before cutting him off but take a look they did it twice this time to andrew sheer I recognize the Honourable Member, a former chair, a current House officer, the member from Regina Capel who is rising on his feet for a point of order.
0: Mr. Speaker, Blessed Sacrament Church in Regina was subject to arson and vandalism. And I believe you'll find support that the House recognized the right of Canadians to gather to worship or celebrate their faith. So
2: I I regret to interrupt the Honourable Member from uh, Regina Capel, but I could clearly see that there is no uh, unanimous consent for this. Absolutely disgusting. What kind of people, Andrew, can't bring themselves to condemn the burning of a church?
0: It's like the lowest, 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 lowest hanging fruit. Like it's not even hanging. It's fruit on the ground. You can yeah. just kind of walk by and just sort of pick it up and say, oh, wow, here you go. But like, you know, and it's, it's one thing because I, I do believe that the anti-Semitism issues we've been discussing are, are very real. It's not an either or. You can condemn anti-Semitism. You can condemn uh, attacks
1: against Christians. But again, it's, it's one group that tends to get a pass here. You know, it just to me speaks to the breakdown of the moral fabric. In our country, that uh, they can't even uh, condemn something like this in a church, uh, you know. Perhaps these lefty progressives—they uh, don't like the police, they don't like religion, um, you know. And here we have drug addicts running wild and running rampant in on our streets in major cities. Um, I mean, the, it, it's, it's sad to say that Trude, Trudeau's Canada. I mean, in the last eight years, I mean, the decline in this country is real and it's it's very disheartening.
2: There's a lot of symbolism going on, right, with these motions. And I think Christians who are watching this will have to struggle with the with the with 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 the idea of it, that if they can't if these MPs can't condemn the burning of a church, what does it say about how they think about Christians in this country? Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are going to be left to, to, with that question in their heads. Now, it's also important to remember, this same parliament voted unanimously to condemn Canada of committing genocide mm-hmm. against First Nations people. So they could all agree on that. They could all agree that Canada committed genocide, but they can't agree to condemn the burning of a church. What do you think the reaction would be if if not just, not a hundred mosques, but one mosque had been the, had been the target of an attempted at arson? It would be bedlam in the House of Commons. Everybody would be freaking out over it, and rightly so, I should say. Oh, and, no- and Trudeau would tru- have
0: been on a plane there. He he would have been there exactly. uh, within hours. Uh, and that this is the thing that's happened. I mean, when there was that debunked. I mean, you would remember the Ann, because it happened in mm. Toronto. There was that debunked uh, hijab hoax where a young schoolgirl right. had had basically falsified right. a claim that her hijab yep. was ripped off. And this was like you know Trudeau was condemning it. And then when Toronto police said, yeah, okay, this never happened. Uh, but but therein lies the problem. And here we have video evidence. I, I don't think we need to play it, but video evidence of this arson attempt of police saying it and there you go you can see the the screen grab of it there and it is slow slow and to be honest i still don't think trudeau has said anything about it i know a couple of liberal mps have one of them anthony Housefather, who's been quite strong on these sorts of issues but no nowhere near the condemnation like you said harrison if this had been at another type of institution which would also have been wrong yes all right fair enough
1: well, all right. right well I was gonna uh,
2: jump in there but you know I, no yeah. I, I
1: was just gonna say that I think Trudeau at this point is just dialing it in uh, I you know I I don't think he's really running this country anymore he's lost uh, he'd rather jet off somewhere I mean it's uh, I, I I actually enjoy the uh, the interplay between the people running for president down here because at least they th- seem to be passionate about What's going on? The border issues and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I don't. I don't get that feeling from any of the people in the Liberal Party, in particular Trudeau. If that's the case, and Trudeau
2: is really phoning it in, and he's basically done, what a way to bookend his time as Prime Minister in this country! One hundred yeah. churches attacked under his right. watch. What I can't think of better symbolism, quite frankly, to 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 encapsulate Trudeau's time as Prime Minister of this
1: country.
0: Yeah very very well said well that is all that we had but i I do want to give some comments because we we said we were going to well i don't know if we told told you we were going to we said internally we were going to uh a couple of comments from last week's show here uh be Still and no 2999, possibly not a legal name, says, uh, love the off-the-record format. Yes, Andrew, it's endearing as opposed to highly unprofessional. You guys are a great trio. Well, it's not, as this show demonstrates, going to be the same group of us every show. We do this, like, cutthroat fight to the death. And at the end, we'll be left with only three left. So uh, we, we ditched Candice. Uh, we threw her overboard. We brought Sue Ann in. Uh, maybe next week I'm the one who is uh, thrown overboard. Uh, we have a, a question. So we were talking a little bit about inflation and grocery store uh, stuff last week, and uh, we were also talking about uh, Trudeau claiming that uh, Pierre Poilievre wanted to make Canada great again. Uh, Doug Pattison says uh, we should actually just make groceries affordable again. I don't know. Uh, what do you think? Should we should we see that? Should we trademark that one? <laughs>
2: That's a good one. I think I think part of making Canada great again would make uh, would be making groceries affordable. would be making life affordable. So they work together, but. You know, uh, make Canada great again and, and make groceries affordable again. The the acronym doesn't sound doesn't sound as good as MAGA.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Macaga is it uh, doesn't doesn't roll off the tongue. You're yeah. you're in MAGA territory uh, down there in Florida, Sue Ann, right?
1: Yes. Yes. The groceries are still pretty expensive here. I mean, I think it's part of a giant trend. And let's not forget the fuel gas gas yeah. as well.
0: Oh, when I when I when I was in uh, Davos uh, with uh, Sean Thompson and and Cosmin Georgia from our team a few weeks ago, uh, reporting, we were not like Klaus Schwab's you know invited elites. We were we had a rental oh, car sense. and we were driving around. And and me- I never thought I could have a gas bill that would make me long for the gas prices in Canada. That's how bad it is. So I mean, the one saving grace is that in Europe, like we had this van and. I forget how much it was. Like, with the exchange rate, it was something like, you know, $200 to fill up the tank. It was insane. And we were uh, driving back and forth a whole bunch. Uh, We'll do one more comment here. We have uh, one. Who is this here? This is from... would uh, you guys got to work on your youtube uh, screen handles by the way uh, it's regarding harrison's rental story the rules are being broken with these illegal, illegal rentals you have to provide a secondary means of egress because of fire that window in the basement doesn't look like it would cut it city bylaw and fire departments should get on this uh, yeah are they harrison or has this just sort of been a thing where they're all just letting it go well, I think if these landlords were interested in following the rules, we
2: wouldn't see these listings in the first place. We've long since passed, you know, rules governing how these landlords are going to operate. These slumlords don't care much about the rules. Uh, but yeah, I can't. Uh, it's a bit of a nightmare spot that basement department to be in. And um, I mean, of course, it's against the rules, obviously. All
0: right, well, that does it for us. My thanks to you, Sue Levy, and you, Harrison Faulkner, and all of you who tuned in for listening to this program. Just a reminder, everything you've heard in the last however long we've been doing this was off the record. Now you get to jump in the pool, Suanne
1: not quite i gotta have my lunch first but I
0: mean, we just do lunch in the pool do you like a swim up bar
1: yeah yeah well thanks so much that was so much fun sorry about the mic issues
0: stuck to the tea andrew this time i see mm-hmm. yeah just yeah it's my uh, my morning coffee still yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: i don't have any i don't think i don't have anything good to add to that side i'm 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 teetotaling it so i'm doing the uh, the deep baker teetotal so I'm just. I like it, walk. yeah. You are oh you are a God. lucid
0: and sound mind whenever we do this show.
2: <laughs> sober second thought.
1: Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. For, uh, oh, there we go. That, 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 Trump that's that's
0: that's the that's the second name of the show. If we rebrand it, sober second. <laughs> thought. Second
1: thought. Yeah. Yeah.